Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Chat. Tonight, it is just me, Casey, Tiggs, Alan. It's a guy show, well, if you could call it that. Uh, but anyway, before we jump into all of our hot topics, let's check in with our co-host. Uh, Tiggs, Abbott, Newman, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Casey. Who the hell was that? Nikki that Jax was, aborted that, child? Yeah, that, no, was, that was supposed to be Nikki. I mean, oh, I'm no okay. Jamie Giddens. Well, wow. oh, stop. <laughs> you the dob stole version. Maybe I should have uh, said like Brenda Dixon. Hello! Oh, God, no. Um, how are you? Alan Sarapa Adair, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited to learn off my damn kingdom of damn kids. Anyway, so yeah, let's just get into our hot topics here. We have so much to discuss tonight. Before we hit on our soaps, uh, we need to talk about our talk shows. So um, The Views, Sunny Hostin, who just released her memoir not too long ago, which we had a big discussion about ABC allegedly wanting to silence some chapters in the book and stuff. Um, she has just sold a one-hour drama deal to Fox for a new series called The Council. Um, it will be made with her and um, Scott Free Productions, um, and it is also going to be co-produced by Universal Television. So, um, Alan, will you be watching The Council when it debuts? Mm, no. That sounds like it's going to be a one-season show, and I try to... Stay away from shows that I just hearing that I said no. Let's look at last one season. No, this is for failure. Sorry, I like Sunny, but okay, well, I don't watch failures. Oh, okay. So you must not watch Days of Our Lives then. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so <laughs> oh, that was really bitchy. <laughs> so anyway, Tiggs. Um, the council is, of course, going to take an inspiration from Sunny's life. Um, it will center around four women of color in their 30s um, who are at the top of their careers in journalism and law and politics and public relations. Uh, so will you be watching the council? And do you think it will go longer than Alan's predicted one season? Um, I'll look at the pilot, depending on who's cast in it. You know... It depends. Like, you know, if the if the writing is there and the right four women of color are cast, I, I, I can do it. Because when you said that, first off, that name got to go. Because the council sounds like some period piece bullshit that they're going to put on stars. Like, no. Cut that. <laughs> Hopefully that's just a working title, the council. This sounds like it, it, it sounds like some tired ass podcast. Where four 35-year-old women gonna get on there talking about bunions and, and, and postpartum depression. But aren't we a tired ass podcast? <laughs> right, okay. I'm like, like women who listen to the podcast, I love you. All of you, thank you. I can already see women. our listeners coming up in our mentions. Well, aren't you all a tired old podcast? Yes, we are, bitch, and we are okay with that. <sighs> but no, I, I I like I said, depending on who's cast. I'll give the pilot a chance. 
It's better than anything Tyler Perry gonna put out. So shit. <laughs> Stop. That's a podcast. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I can't talk about what he's doing to my poor Tika Sumpto over at the house of the house. Oh, good lord. Oh God. I can't. At least she. I, at least she got that baby with that fine white man. I can't believe I that show is still going. I thought that ended years ago, but no, it's on like it's the 48th season. It's, but no, it big ratings. it's it like the haves and the have-nots celebrating 50 years of drama. Like, it is like, and then uh, I just don't see how he gets away with this. Like those BET shows, he got Casey. You saw that article. They shot 16 episodes in like four days. What? What? They are on Days of Our Lives production time. <laughs> they, okay, I, Tim Core, they trying to get a call with Tyler Perry. Like, how the hell you do that? Because if I could shoot yeah. Days the 75th anniversary right now, I will. <laughs> I hate shit. you. <laughs> shoot. Okay, anyway. So now let's transition over to uh, the Rachel <clears throat> Ray show. So Rachel Ray is currently experiencing something that Ellen uh, Ellen DeGeneres experienced over the pandemic, which over the beginnings of it, rather, which we talked about. So Rachel Ray um, is struggling to keep her crew members employed uh, because the show is still being shot at home, even though most talk shows from networks have returned to their studios. Uh, so anyway... BuzzFeed News um, is reporting that uh, because she is filming at home, um, the execs are now saying that 20 people won't be paid for the rest of the work that they were booked for. Um, And one person at BuzzFeed reached out to one team member who said, my savings is dwindling. I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. And then in the next six months, I won't have worked enough union hours to cover my health insurance. Um, So this also becomes a union issue um, as well. So because the union has not come to any agreements allegedly with the producers. So Tiggs, what do you think of Rachel going through this mess? And do you think it is time that she returns to the as As... You know, as you know, as much of a germaphobe and hypochondriac Wendy Williams is, Wendy Williams got her ass back at the studio. Yes, she has a reduced staff, but there's no audience there. There's no reason why Rachel can't bring her staff back to that studio with a virtual audience and pay the. That is some of the cheapest shit I've ever heard in my life. 20 people ain't gonna get paid. 20 people. So you you just decided, okay, all of y'all getting paid, but you motherfuckers over there, talk to Jesus, because I ain't got nothing for you. What type of shit is that? No. I, like I said on um on Twitter, no. Rach, pay up. Pay them people, motherfucker. Because I mean, what, Rachel Ray's worth, what, $50 million? It, reportedly, she is not ready to return to this studio yet because of her fear of the uh, virus. Um, but she acts like, you know, I hate to go on this because I bounce back and forth between my love with Rachel, but she acts like her network and her studio won't protect her well. I mean, exactly. you know, Wendy says what, they're being tested three times a week. I mean, you will be protected and I get it the fear. I mean, come on, what we're living through, but still at the same time, you know, 
when do you start thinking about your employees over yourself? Because one person versus 20, the 20 is more important. Exactly. In my opinion. I believe that too. But Alan, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, Rach, you know, I, I can't side with her. Oh, excuse when me. There's 20 She's worth 80 million. Rachel, if, oh, okay. if you don't look for a couple of uh, allegedly, uh, let's just say a let just a case. Look, allegedly, if, if she um, don't, if she don't look up one of them couch cushions and pull out a, a few stacks to pay them people, <laughs> one of them people probably got gout or some shit, and she they about to get their foot cut off because Rachel Ray won't pay them their money. Shit, <laughs> I can't stand you right now. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, Alan, um. The some crew members um, reported that Rachel Ray allegedly has donated four million dollars to COVID nineteen relief, um, and they, her crew members, are worried over their livelihoods. Um, what? How does that make you feel, Alan, when you've heard that she's afraid to go back to the studio but has donated millions of dollars to COVID relief? Well. I get not wanting to go back in the studio because if you're your own self-interest not to get the virus, but they're going to test you all the time. You're already wearing masks as when you're not being taped. So she should just go back in the studio. I can't be afraid of the virus, and I don't think any of those crew members saw that $4 million. So it was just oh, random people, I guess. She should just go back in the studio. It's selfish. Frankly. Then um, another crew member added, um, it's hard when you work for a show for 14 years and they say, we're going to take care of you and we're all family. We're going to pay you guys for September and October. So you expect the show is going to come back to the studio or they're going to keep paying you because of our contracts. But now we're left with nothing. So... Very sad story there. I mean, my heart really does go out to all those crew members because, you know, that's 20 people too many is what it is. And, you know, I understand COVID-19 layoffs and stuff, but all 20 people <clears throat> and... Casey, in that type of situation, just, hell no. And uh -uh. especially from a billion right. dollar network. Like, no, and, no, there, there is no excuse yeah. for that. There is no excuse for that. This is not some mom and pop shop. This is not some, you know, like local business. It's a well-watched daytime like, show. I mean, Rachel, Rachel still has, pull, pulls in like what, 1.8 million? I mean, yeah, Rachel has the money. Oh, don't worry. Now that it's public knowledge and she didn't see what happened to Ellen, oh, she gonna pay up. I bet you they're gonna get them some hefty Christmas bonuses this year. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, when this all started, we talked about Ellen because Ellen went through the same situation. Um, and I'm just saying, you know, it's very telling because, you know, allegedly, it looks like Rachel is the one stopping everybody from being employed um, because of her fears. And I, again, I sympathize with her because it is fearful, but at the same time, people got to get back to work. You can't just leave crew members homeless. Exactly. And with the amount of money she has, I get that. I get her being afraid. I get her being wanting to be cautious and all that. But baby, you got the money to walk around in a whole bubble if you want to around that damn studio. 
Like you, you, you can have a own, your own personal COVID crew to make sure you're safe. There's no excuse for that. None. Well, and you know, I watched the Wendy Williams show and Wendy is the only one without a mask when they're filming. You know, the rest of the crew members, her staff members who sit in the audience chairs, they all have masks and they're all protected. And then when Wendy's not filming, she's wearing a mask. I mean, and, you know, tested three times a week. And I mean, there's ways to protect you. You know, it's not like you wouldn't go back to work without a safety net. Exactly. Because... Why didn't film him too? Because he has a very successful show. Days are Eliza testing every day. If you exactly. wanted to have it. Yeah. When when it comes to this pandemic, when you're in the entertainment business, you can't like just say, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. The show must go on. You want to keep making your money, the advertisers damn for sure want to keep making their money. So you have to do certain things to make it work. And you may have to step out of your comfort zone a little bit. And when you're worth allegedly $80 million, you have the wherewithal to do that. So she needs to put on yeah. a hazmat suit or whatever the fuck she needs to do <laughs> and take her ass back to that studio. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus, Tiggs. Okay, on the side note, Casey, I know, like, you probably didn't have this on, but congratulations to Niecy Nash, who has a talk show in development, and that's one daytime talk show I will be watching. You know she's going to be she good and something. I think she will add something that's needed. Yeah, It'll be a I fun message. Because, there, look, soaps always come first for me in the daytime lineup. That's why we do this show. We used to be Soap Chat. Now we're The Chat, The View, The Chew, The Revolution. I don't know. But... You know, I I do love a good talk show once in a while. You know, I, I do love a good talk show. And he has that personality to carry talk show. Not yeah. Oh, th- yes, yes. Yeah. She's I mean, strong, she's bold. You know she would have good guests. I mean, all you have to do is open up her contacts <laughs> on her cell phone and there's Exactly. Like who does love this episodes. Name? Yeah. And we need her comedy and her wit and we need her right now. And, you know, if NBC wants to pick it up after they cancel the Ellen DeGeneres show, then that's fine. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> so anyway, um, let's get into our soaps right now because we have so much to discuss. Um, first up, we uh, are going to discuss The Young and the Restless's upcoming 12,000th episode. Uh, which is projected to air um, at the end of November. Um, they are welcoming two stars back. Uh, first up, uh, they're welcoming Lauren Woodland back as uh, Brittany Hodges uh, Gutierrez. Uh, she is set to appear on Friday, November 13th. Um, so, Alan, what do you think of Brittany coming back? I don't care. Fuck her MAGA ass. That actress is a MAGA. And I do not care about her. I do not want her on. They can find uh, Brandon Michael as a lawyer on that show or someone else. I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like this is the Ingo Rademacher podcast all over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tiggs, 
what do you think of Lauren coming back? <laughs> to echo Allen, fuck her MAGA ass. I know. And it's so crazy because, you know, I used to be, me and, me and Lauren used to be cool. I loved Brittany. She was a fucking bitch. I loved her. But then she was a bitch that matured. I loved her. But once I found out all that MAGA bullshit, uh-uh. Can Ralph come and say Brittany got hit by a, 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 a fucking Planned Parenthood truck or something like that? I don't give a damn. A Planned Parenthood truck? <laughs> like, like, no, this one of those situations where it doesn't even really mean anything anymore. Like, Max not on the canvas. Billy's been recast a thousand times. Like, it, it doesn't even really matter anymore bringing Brittany back. It, 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 Maybe they could do... You know, if they're going to have law stuff, maybe they can do um, Britney's child. Like, he comes on as a law intern. Michael can, you know, um, he can shadow uh, Michael, you know. So you know what? I, I, I have my personal opinions about Doug Davidson's punk ass. But if we need a lawyer <laughs> that's connected to the history of the show, bring back Heather. Heather's a lawyer. Her daddy there trying to solve a case can't solve shit. Like she's helping Daniel raise Phyllis's grandbaby. Like they can bring Heather back. Yeah, I think you know, I also I do want Avery back. You know, while we're on the subject uh -huh. of lawyers, I I'm sorry, I was an Avery fan. I love no. Jessica Collins. She did the damn thing with that shitty story that Chuck Pratt wrote for her, that extra story. But Avery can kiss my motherfucking ass. She was so boring. Like, I hated her as much as I hated Sage. Especially when she tried to start a fucking with Sharon. I, uh, and I didn't like all of her stories. Like, I was never a big fan of the whole she and Dylan thing. I still don't understand what that was or how they were even connected. Um, I did like, though, when he slapped the shit out of her in that bar. That <laughs> next bar, Pratt said, oh, you gonna punch a bitch today, Steve Burton. You won't take off your shirt, but you'll hit a woman. Hell yeah. Um, and I liked, I did like her and Nick in terms of Phyllis confronting them about it. Like, I really loved that. Um, she and Gina had great sister chemistry, but they did. I think Avery, you know, they talked about her a couple weeks ago. They brought up, but they only said Phyllis's sister. Like, it was very briefly. And, and, and that's what I think. I think the great, a great story for Michelle Stafford is uh, I guess they could bring Avery back. Just keep her away from Nick and Sharon. Because Avery was okay until the minute she fucked Nick, she thought she, she had the right to talk shit about Queen Sharon. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. They sort of like, like she's a fucking hair on the damn show that time. It was stupid. Like, it, it was so stupid. Like, uh. Because her and Sharon were cool, but the minute she slept with Nick, she just started, she, she flipped on Sharon real quick. I don't like a two-faced bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, I think, like I said, I've always said this, I think a really good story for Stafford is for Phyllis to confront her past and deal with her mother. I think Maria Bell tried, that, that was like one of Maria's last stories um, was Phyllis's past because, you know, they killed off her dad um, mm -hmm. with that obese mannequin in the bed. Oh my god, I remember that episode. I, I don't know why 
Phyllis had a 600-pound life moment with this mannequin in the hospital bed, but whatever. Poor Michelle Stafford. No wonder she left. Like, <laughs> could you just imagine, like, if they cast, like, an Erica Slazak or a Colleen Zink to be her mother? Colleen Zink would have said, who did I give birth to? <laughs> Colleen would be like, who the fuck is this? Even like an Elizabeth Hubbard or something like that. Like, oh my God! Like, stop that, it, Elizabeth. Oh, um, that would like be that, that, they could do a whole episode with just Elizabeth Hubbard and Michelle Stafford yelling at each other for sixty minutes about shit that happened forty years ago. I would piss all over myself. I would piss all over myself. I just, oh Lord, because that, like we've never really gotten to the root of why Phyllis is the way she is. You know yeah, we saw off, her parents back just in the off day. Joan Collins, bring Joe Collins on there. Hello, oh, Phyllis. <laughs> she could not hack us up again. She only did it like three months ago in line. She could not handle it. No, she could not oh. do it. And that was a mess. I was like, where is my Marge Doucet? <laughs> like, like I said, like, I mean, like, I want some Betty White, Susan Flannery type shit. <laughs> like, it was one of the times that Brad Bell had some sense. When he so not- Betty White as Stephanie's mother, and we were able to go back and really see why Stephanie was as fucked up as she was in the head. That was some good shit. And I so think not we need a Robin Riker, Catherine Kelly Lang moment. Not a Robin Riker, Catherine Kelly Lang. Oh, good lord! They they still need their asshole for that one. How dare they cast somebody? Robin Riker and Catherine Kelly Lang was born seven minutes apart. And they gonna cast this. And it's so funny because Marla Adams just finished up on The Young and the Restless, and I remember when Marla Adams was. T- Dina. I mean, not Dina, Beth. <laughs> that was Marla Adams' role for a temporary moment. See, oh. that was another time when Brad, he wasn't taking his, his pills. <laughs> well, I think his dad was writing the show. Yeah, Will was still writing the show then. No, I'm talking about when Robin Riker came. He didn't oh, take his Lord, pills no. then. Oh. I know Cass and Kelly Lane looked and said, I went to high school with this bitch. How's she my mom? I went to <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I'm very excited for um, Brittany to be on there. Notice I said Brittany. Um, anyway, but you guys know I had to bring it up. My girl, my queen, y'all better bow down. Trisha Cast is making her return as Nina Webster. She she should bring her David Kimball gun with her. She, look, I am so excited. Okay, so Alan, Trisha Cast has signed on for two episodes uh, to air in November, one being an early November appearance, the other being the 12,000th episode. What do you think is bringing Nina back to Genoa City? Her trashy MAGA incel son chance. Oh God, he's so he's so terrible. I wanted to die so badly, and he's a legacy character we, that we actually wanted back. But he's so terrible. What are you talking about, Alan? I didn't do anything in Vegas with the Ewans. He, he wants to suck out his dick all the time, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's obsessed with Adam. He wants that load in his mouth. Well, yeah, cool. so do I, honey. I'm like, pull my hair and call me Sharon Case, Mark Grossman. Please. I wish you brought Ronan back because Ronan is a superior Nina's son. I'd rather oh Jeff. God, I miss Ronan. Uh, 
Oh, I'm like Phyllis. I need Ronan in my life, darling. <sighs> so anyway, Tiggs, what do you think of the legendary Trisha Cast returning? I'm all for it. I've always loved Trisha. I've always loved Miss Nina Webster. She is the original hood brat. I oh, love her. People don't even fucking know. <laughs> like, I love Nina. There she are so many white She should have been the first thing they thought about when they cast this boy in this role. Like, I, I get it. You know, Trisha was dealing with her husband being sick and his past and all that. I just want to say. But I, I just, it's the same. Like I said on Twitter, it's the same thing with Nate. They cast Nate without even thinking about Tanya Lee Williams. It's like, it, 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 yeah, we, we know these characters, but for newer people, no, no, not even for newer people, for us, for the fans, the old time fans, it doesn't mean shit if you never you bring them watched. up or anything like, Nate has been back on the campus for almost three years. He ain't mentioned Olivia one motherfucking time. Not once. Not once. It could have been no throw about I just that girl. What was no. that girl? I know damn good or well. He did not date a girl named Carolyn or whatever the fuck that lady's name is who died. <laughs> Carolyn, Cheryl, whatever her name is. I'm like, no. I'm like, I know you did not like, date somebody. No, no. If any, if anybody can get us to tolerate this motherfucker's chance, it is Trisha Cass. I am praying that you know she gonna spread some good juju around that set. And maybe I won't want to fast forward or throw my head into a plate glass window whenever he's on my screen. Oh, They're like the same age. What did you say, Alan? They're like the same age. And then two episodes. You bring two episodes. Nina deserves a six-week arc, motherfucker. Two episodes. Nina deserves a... Uh, arc until this show goes off the damn air because Nina... Yeah, like... Because uh, like I said, what's the point of bringing Chance back when you really have nobody there to remind us who Chance is? Nina's not there. Jill's not there. Philip's not there. Alfred's not there. Yeah, I don't even think the boy is... Even, I don't think he's ever even had a scene in the Chancellor Mansion, has he? Well, he, when the character came back, he lived there for like a month or something like that. But... I think he only had like one scene with Billy, and that's it. Yeah. But I look. I need Catherine's ghost to come in and be like, "You have to stop talking with that accent." That's it. Look, Catherine is like, "We chancellors don't talk that way." Oh, I just I don't know who this chance is. The chance I know is John Driscoll. That's the chance I know. But. Oh. Look, Trisha needs to take one look at that man and say, this is an imposter. You've all been fooled. <sighs> but anyway, so... Uh, we have to talk about both Days of Our Lives and General Hospital. Because there's some shit going on there. So, let's start out with General Hospital. So first and foremost, uh, Jeannie Francis is coming back as Laura in November. Um, as Wally Kurth revealed on this here podcast, uh, Jeannie decided initially. Uh, yep, that's right. I'm telling you. Look, Wally said I came with the tea before I had to watch the Primetime Emmy Awards. Uh, so anyway, 
he revealed that Jeannie, you know, kind of wanted to hang back and stuff because of the pandemic, but she is coming back. Our Laura is coming home. So, Alan, are you excited for Jeannie's return? I am. am because it's kind of been glaring that Laura's gone while freaking drug lords terrorizing the town. That, was, that doesn't really make any sense. They had to make, oh, she's in D.C. Why would Mary be in D.C. for months? That doesn't really make much sense, but okay. But yeah, it would be good to see her, it would be good for her to say goodbye to Lulu. Mm. <laughs> Look, we will we'll get into that. Um, Ticks? <laughs> yeah, I just found out today, thank you so far for Digest, because like I said, like, thanks to Wally. The only I magazine just... left for soaps. I'm sorry. I just, I have to interject. <laughs> that damn Stephanie Sloan. But yeah, um, uh, she's no, she's no Lynn Leahy. But um, I, I'm, I'm happy that she's back. Uh, I get it. Look, Jeannie is beautiful. She still looks great, but she's a woman of a certain age, okay? And when they went back to production at the end of July, she said, uh-uh, let me see how that shit work first. And if don't nobody get sick, then I'll come back. That's what that was. So she decided to come back. I'm great. Like, that's great. And depending on how they're going to write Lulu out, we all know she's going to act the ass. Especially if Cyrus got something to do with it. But then, you know, it's so sad that Laura's going to be the last one left of that family. You know what I mean? Well, she's always Nicholas. Well, no, but Alan, I don't like, know. yeah, like, yeah, the Luke Alan, and Laura. Like, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, Nicholas, but yeah, no, we're, yeah, we're talking about Luke. Luke would that be a story? Nicholas is really Luke's child. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that that's kind of how I feel about it, too, in regards to Lulu being written out. Like I said on Twitter, they've never had a clear direction for Lulu, even when Julie Marie Berman was in the role, like, she was nothing but a harpy and a shrew. But, yeah. like, Julie did it so damn good, you know. Uh, they never gave any any good good material. Lulu had baby rabies for a good five years. And then she had to deal with, you know, Dante leaving. And then she decided she woke up one day and had a bowl of cereal and said, I'll become a journalist. And we had to deal with that. Bowl of <laughs> so, you know, um, it just, it doesn't feel right that neither of Luke and Laura's children will be on the campus. No one GH, I love Emmy, but I don't think she's ever going to be back as Lulu. I think, if anything, Julie Marie Berman will, will be back as Lulu. Or they're going to time to bring her back. Or they're just going to go ahead and recast Lucky. Yeah, if they have ever. the money to bring her back, I mean, you know. They, they got the money. Julie they got, got some money. credit to her name, and, you know, ooh, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, so uh, it's been reported uh, that Ryland, Emmy Ryland, is leaving uh, General Hospital as Lulu. Uh, she joined the cast in 2013, having come from The Young and the Restless, playing Abby Newman from 2010 to 2013. And, of course, she got her start playing Lizzie Spaulding on uh, Guiding Light from 2006 to 2009. Um, Emmy uh, did release a statement um, after shortly after the daytime confidential rumor report was released, um, 
And it, it was quite interesting. Um, she and her husband and their, uh, what does she have? One or two children. I can't remember. No, oh, she, she has three. She had two boys and that little girl. Oh, she got three. They, oh, I'm and, sorry. And, and, they, uh, and that ain't her husband child. That's her partner child. And they was living in a rental, honey. Course. They didn't own okay. that house. Honey, I am sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. And you, you're a star I like, so I don't usually fuck up information on people I like. We, we love you, Emmy Scorpio. Yes. Hey. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, so, yes. Anyway, Emmy did get into General Hospital saying that she really can't talk about all the fine details right now. Um, and she really can't get into um, the show and she has to continue to be vague about it. Um, which is pretty telling, but you know, right now it's just alleged. Um, well, she's going on a road trip and putting all stuff in store, so she's gone. Try to cope with this here podcast before Jeff Quatman says that you know, us talking about Emmy Riley means he couldn't do all my children with life to live. So, <laughs> allegedly, he was like, Oh, I was gonna cast as Blair. Um, yeah, anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> and it really doesn't make sense like okay you got Dominic back he's back on contract allegedly I don't know for sure but he's back and you don't have Lulu back I mean you're getting rid of Lulu like I, I, I I'm not understanding that I was never a big Lante fan let, let's be clear on that but it just really doesn't make sense like yeah, I was more back. on the train of Lulu and Johnny that's who I was more on the train of um, I like Lulu and Johnny. Hell, I'm liking Lulu and Dustin. Her and, and like Mark Lawson have chemistry. Way more chemistry do. than she ever had with Dominic. Like to me, Emmy Rowland and Dominic Dimpartner didn't really have too much chemistry like that. They was like, hey. they was like, I think they yeah. have chemistry with he and Julie. Um, and it's not Emmy's fault. I mean, it's not like you know they downgraded when they got Emmy Ryland. You know, the only thing is that sometimes you have chemistry and sometimes you don't. I mean. And she has chemistry with Mark. Um, but yeah. So anyway, um, on another note, there is also the rumor report out there that William DeVry is leaving um, in the role of Julian Jerome. Ah! Um, stop it, Diggs. He uh, debuted in 2013 as well. Um, he also previously played Storm on The Bold and the Beautiful and Michael Cambius on All My Children. Um so, yeah, uh, once before, DeVry was let go on General Hospital, but a campaign to get him back saved him. Um, so, Alan, what do you think of DeVry's uh, rumored, and I use that term loosely, but rumored uh, exit from GH? It's about time, because the character has been, his presence on the campus hasn't been good since... The dagger incident because you can't come back from holding a dagger to Alexis's throat. That ruined the character. That should have been dead right there. And the only reason he's still there is because he had fans. The only thing left to do with Julian now is kill him, basically. So, boom, goes to Zion Knight, bye, Julian. Look, don't get me wrong, y'all. I know we can see a lot of bulge every time they put Will DeVry. And, you know, the black briefs that they put every guy in on a soap. But it's time to go. You know, when he previously was let go from the show, 
I wasn't hurting any, you know, like Alan mentioned, past the dagger incident because of Alexis's history and because Alexis is kind of a heroine on the show still. Um, it was just really hard to take in. It kind of soured the couple for me. You know, there's only so many couples in daytime who can have that kind of relationship, that kind of edgy love. Like um, Erica and Dimitri had edginess and um, Roger and Holly had edginess. And I loved them because they always constantly played that up. But I always thought that they tried to turn Alexis and Julian into that and it just didn't work because of Alexis's history as a character and the way she, um, the way Elena just checked a whole damn family and said, ah, bitch. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Tiggs, what do you think of the Will DeVry thing? Yeah, it, it's time. Like, I, I've said on Twitter countless times, if he not going to be with Alexis, I don't give a damn. Kill him. And if I would have known what I know now, yeah, he could have just stayed going when they got rid of him the first time. Julian could have just went to jail and just went to rot. Because, like, see, I wanted him back because, foolish me, I just thought that, you know, maybe they can fix this because a real writer could have fixed Julian and Alexis. They could have, but they didn't. Like, they shouldn't have well, did it in the first place, but they could have Yeah, like, like, Julian and Alexis could have been fixed. Her running his ass over on Thanksgiving was a start, but a real they they could have they could have fixed it. But oh, that was hilarious! Like, I still have that. But they wrote Julian into a corner. He's been blackmailed by everybody in town. Hell, Baby Wiley got something on that motherfucker. Everybody got. Something <laughs> on I'm like, he is such a fucking loser. Like, and and and, and people just listen to Ava. Ava tells them all the time. I, I got this. No, Ava, I'll deal with it myself. And and then he fucks up even more. Like when the whole nail thing, Ava told him, you should have killed that bitch. You should have let me do it. When Ava came <laughs> in that bar and set her purse down on the table, she said, what you upset about? <laughs> oh, my God. Ava has Julian's balls in her back yeah, it, it's She just, said, give him here. Give him it, here. It's time. They have written him into a corner because... They might as well just go ahead and do this alleged disaster that's coming and let them get hit by a boulder or some shit like that because we all know what's going to happen. The truth would have came out that... Look, GH got the you know, The truth would have came right out about him knowing the truth about Sonny and Carly's precious grandson, and then that would have been a whole bunch of shit. Lucas hates him. Sam hates him. Leo's being raised as a quarter man. Ava can take care of her goddamn self. Kill his ass off. Yeah, there's no reason for me around anymore. He's useless. Yeah, like it's just there's there's no point to you. That's always how I that's always how I kind of felt. Clearly Ava was the stronger Jerome sibling, mm-hmm. you know, from jump. And I don't even think, you know, even Mara's legendary talent aside, Ava just got better storylines. You know, Ava just got the better material, minus the Denise DiMuccio, but you know, let's the but you know, she really did get the better material. It seemed like, you know, Julian was great. Julian was great for the historical anchor because Julian, you know, we knew who Julian Jerome was from the show's history. So he was great to have as the anchor of the new Jerome family. 
But Mara Wes's Ava took off, I think, in a very unexpected way for that show. And so, you know, once she took off, Julian kind of faded into the background. And then the Alexis pairing kind of saved that character. But after the whole dagger thing. Yeah, like you know, once him and Alexis got married, they should have tried their best to kind of spin Julian into another direction. Yeah. I think once him and Alexis yeah. got married, they, they should have kept on with the media thing, got him out of the mob. Mm-hmm. And he still could have been a manipulative character. But just not to the extent that they that they did, because like I said, yeah. it, it was all stupid. Brian, Olivia, Jerome back, and oh, God. you know and what I'm saying. Having to call her Liv because they thought as audience we were stupid as hell and couldn't distinguish. They, they could have just Olivia. left Olivia Jerome dead. Like there was no point to even bringing her back, especially after Tanya Walker got her dumb ass on Twitter saying that bullshit. They could have left Olivia dead. There was no point to bring that character back. So anyway, now that we've talked about GH, let's go on to talk about Days of Our Lives. Um, I It pains me to talk about this topic. You know, I will start out by saying Days of Our Lives' ratings has been a very frequent discussion throughout season three of our show. Um, and... You know, I the ratings I kind of gave a break on because they had stabilized in the 1.2 area. And so I was like, you know what? Ratings are not what they used to be, but uh, hey, at least they stabilized. But now I feel like, you know, we can't do a show like this without discussing the elephant in the room. So the ratings uh, came out for the week of October 12th through the 16th. Every soap remained steady it was kind of a weird week for all but all of them remained steady except for days of our lives uh which hit a new low and that new low is a 1.0 which is the lowest out of any soap ever um it's quite low for an nbc show tigs where do we even start on this a 1.0, where does the show go from here? What do we do? Like, they didn't put, they didn't promote the Elani wedding. They didn't promote Philip coming back. They didn't promote Sammy's return. They didn't promote. These weekly promos, they only matter to people who are already watching. And that's also NBC's fault. NBC, this is the only scripted show you have in production during a fucking pandemic and you can't call folks the money? Universal and Comcast can't call folks some damn money to come up with some promos? That's ridiculous. Even when GH, even GH paid Twitter some money when they came back from hiatus to promote, like, NBC spend some damn money. Quit being fucking cheap. And this goes for all the networks. I don't give a damn how much it costs. You are airing these shows. These shows are part of your networks. Fucking promote them during prime time to promote them. What the fuck do you have them on the air for if you're not going to promote them? It's ridiculous. YNR's at a 2.2. Motherfucker, if y'all don't throw some commercials on during Big Brother, goddammit. And why it must be noted, though, Wyandar is increasing. Um, though Wyandar is 
the only soap currently showing consistent growth, um, which, you know, CBS has started to promote the show a little bit more with midweek promos. Um, so, Alan, do you think that midweek promos is something Gaze needs to try? Mm. Well, I should um, try something, because the show's on the verge of cancellation. Because this is, like, worse than Guiding Light in P-Pack years numbers, isn't it? Guiding Light, you know, it's interesting to bring that up. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I have to bring up that we all know Guiding Light's margin not to be canceled and to be renewed for one more year. They set it at a 1.7. <laughs> they said if you reach a 1.7 we'll give you another year but now we have days at a 1.0 yeah they had like two years left tops tops if these Rossies are thinking about an end game because days I think it can probably go another year because of COVID they don't probably don't want to replace the show right now better than that two years tops and it's over and you know, we, we are some of the biggest soap fans on this podcast. You know, we do this show because we love the history of this 90-year-old genre. We want it to survive. Shit, someday we want new soaps. But the thing is, is we also have to look at the business side of things. And a 1.0 isn't making anybody money. A 1.0 is just sad. Um a 1.0 doesn't get you anywhere. And, you know, now is the time. I would say right now, don't wait until January to cry if you see deadline flash a headline that says Days of Our Lives renewed for 56 and final season. Don't wait until a final season article is written up by one of the trades. I would start mobilizing now as a Days of Our Lives fan. It is. I wouldn't. And, 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 and it's not just it's not just up to Ken Corday. It's up to NBC. Nobody wants to see a 97th hour of the fucking Today Show. Nobody wants to see that bullshit. And like, yes, we all praised Niecy Nash earlier for, for booking her talk show, but it, it's oversaturated with talk shows. I know they're cheaper, cheaper to produce, but the more popular they get, the more expensive they are to produce because you have to pay the host. Yeah, you can get anybody to help be part of the crew or whatever, but the more popular a show gets, a talk show gets, the more you got to pay the fucking host. Oh, so yeah. it, it's just like because NBC. Ellen doesn't come. NBC to needs to come together and be like, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to yeah. gain at least 500,000 viewers back? And look, goddamn! I look. Woo! In six months, honestly, I would sit down with Ken Corday because here's the thing: Ken Corday has got to stop. Ken Corday, if I was NBC, if I was Sony, no more interviews. Blaming Jamesy Riley for saving your show thirty years ago. No more interviews saying that Ron is there and Ron's controlling the show. No more interviews, period. Don't call up Stephanie Sloan. Don't call up Glamour.com. Don't call up People.gov. Don't call up anybody. No one. That's your first thing. Your second thing, get Ron a co-head writer because he's going too batshit crazy. And I adore Ron, but somebody needs to slap his hand out of the cookie jar. Ryan Kwan. Talk to Gene. Ryan Kwan. 
We're just fine. Yeah, I'm ready for Ron to go anyway. I like Ron, but just for Ron proud to the job. I, and, you know, it, the show is so irritating because, and, you know, we talked about this in our group chat. Ken Corday blames everybody but himself. And I'm sorry, I placed most of the blame on Ken Corday for letting this show go because you've sucked the energy out of it. Because at the end of the day, yes, NBC should have been promoting this show. Yes, Sony should have given, given you guys more money when it came to discussions about your licensing fees. But why did you hire Dina Higley back seven times to wreck this show? Why did you hire James E. Riley back for a second stint and kill off every veteran cast member, which was fun and exciting. The Salem Stalker storyline was great until they brought everybody back, but they also lost a shit ton of viewers then and after they hit their peak. So, you know, Kim Corday ought to be ashamed of himself. That's where I'm at right now. He ought to be ashamed. It's one of those things where he needs to go to Sony. He needs to go to NBC and like, look, I got a plan, and it's gonna take some fucking money. Yeah, and y'all need to shove it out, and it's gonna take some money to get back Allison Sweeney full time, James Scott, Christian Alfonso, and Peter motherfucking Rap. And you promote the fuck out of it. It's going to take some time to get them special effects ready to put that devil back in Marlena. <laughs> You're right. It, it's just one of those things. If he got those four back, goddamn it, even if you got to go down to Georgia and you find Renee Jones, goddamn it, you get some motherfucking <laughs> fact to bring this show back. You, you, you know what? Call like, Francis Reed in her coffin. Okay. Francis Dig up McDonald Carey if you got two motherfuckers. Don't want the days to- of our lives. Like, you need to get some money. Like, look, give me six months. We get some heavy hitters back. Promote the living fucking shit Thank out of this show. Gloria Monty, this bitch. Yes. Gloria Monty. You have put some danger back in these storylines. Get people. I mean, this Zoom call is bigger than the days of our lives. I just. <laughs> because, it, it, like I said, like, yeah, you go to, you go to James Scott and be like, look here, motherfucker. I don't give a fuck about what happened. I'm talking about what's now. Bring your ass back to Burbank because we got sh- some shit to do. Kim Corday needs to be like Deep Throat. He needs to confront these people in parking garages with the trench coat rolled on up. Be like, Allie. Okay. He needs to sit down, Christian Alfonso and Peter Reckle. Look, I know y'all can't stand each other, allegedly. I don't give a fuck. Goddamn, we gonna, we gonna license, celebrate my love and this bitch. Bring y'all asses back to this studio because we need some ratings. Shit. I'm sorry, no more. No more Ralph. No, baby. It yeah. was fun to get you back for six-month arc. No more George Dillohoyo, whatever the fuck his name is. Stop with these 70-year-old villains. Okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I am, but it's got to be said. No more Gwyn. No, I, like, I don't mind Orpheus. I don't mind Orpheus. Orpheus is part of John Ron and his history. But like I said, like just like like making him making him responsible for Maggie's accident was stupid. Mm-hmm. That should have been that should have been 
anything. I mean, I'm sorry. Orpheus is 70 years old. Okay? He is 70. You can't tell me. Look, I was chatting with somebody. This lady said on Twitter, she was like, why are all these old folks up at this hour for this blackout? Marlena would have been asleep eight hours ago. Orpheus would have come into her house. She would have been asleep. She wouldn't even have heard him next to her CPAP machine. I mean, but see, but that, but 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 that's the thing, though. Like that's a hallmark of days. Marlena getting kidnapped. That's I mean, fine. Hallmark ain't bringing in ratings anymore. But 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 they need they need to freshen it up a little bit. They do, like they said, they like somebody said on Twitter, get kidnapped instead of Marlena. Like, like, like they said on Twitter, if they would have connected all this alley mess yeah. back to Sammy's rape. Well, and then Sammy Alan, Austin too. That if would they have been fun. brought up Sammy's full history from her being raped to her raping Austin. That would have been the money shot. That's what you do. And then promote the shit out of it. A special days of our lives can't miss episode. Yeah, there you go. And I'm sorry, look, I know y'all are salty on that set about Christian Alfonso telling the truth and shaming the devil. But why was Hope's exit not promoted? I would have started a campaign. Hashtag don't give up hope. There you go. It, it's literally... It just, it, it, you know, promote. reading a letter. That's not really anything you promote. It's so easy. I mean... I don't get it, you know. And yes, these networks need to promote, promote, promote. But look at what Y&R and B&B are doing. Their social medias are on fire. Y&R is capitalizing off of the sum, the popularity that's coming to Jason Thompson and Crystal Khalil. And they're like, oh, if Billy and Lily were together, what would you want their squish name to be? It's simple shit like that. Because, yes, you get the, you know, random people in there who are like, oh, Lord, Lily with another white dude, whatever. Well, it's Jason Thompson. So, I mean, <laughs> but, you know. You can't, <laughs> black, I can't date any of the black dudes, so. Yeah. <laughs> Lily, Lily ain't allowed. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it. They have chemistry, and in his real life, Jason Thompson likes chocolate. So, that's fine. And then you have... You know, you do your Instagram lives and yep. your Facebook marketplaces and you do your cameos. And I mean, the show, it's just, it all starts with promotion because this is the promotion era. It is not 1987 anymore. You're not going to get 7 million people who are home to watch every day and VHS it and send it to Alan, who's at college. Trying to schedule his class, and they, and they also need to add in the streaming numbers too, because well, that's the thing. A lot of people watch that show on the NBC app. It's the number one NBC app, show. right? Like, so they need to start adding that in because yeah. it's not twenty thirteen anymore. Streaming matters. I would say that probably gets them about two hundred fifty thousand more viewers, probably. Exactly. Like, they need to start adding that in, and NBC needs to pay attention to that. And like you said, Alan, I mean, Alan, Lord, Casey, like, they can do little flashback, you know, Fridays or throwback Thursdays. 
and take I love when Y&R, I love when Y&R sits a returning cast member down, like Michelle Stafford going, hi, I'm Michelle Stafford. We're going to go over Phyllis's most controversial moments. And she That's got the iPad and she's got the AirPod in. And she's like, oh my God, Michael Damian. I'm like, that is all it takes. That gets fans. That too. Or like I said, just iconic scenes. Like they could have a, a, a viral video of Sammy and Nicole whooping each other's ass from 20 years ago and having Allison Sweeney and Arian Zucker like reacting to it. Like, girl, you remember that scene? Girl, bitch, you actually gave me a black eye. You remember we almost started fighting in the parking lot? <laughs> Little shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? Like, oh, or like it was the 25th anniversary of Marlena being possessed by the devil. Y'all couldn't have sat Deidre Hall in full devil makeup with the contacts and everything looking possessed, sit her in front of a camera for 15, 20 minutes and let her talk about shit about that shit on YouTube or something like that. Anything. I don't Any know. Where, thing. Why is it okay for these shows? To just act like they want to be canceled. I mean, in you know, every show except for One Life to Live was not okay with being canceled. Remember, like all my children, it took a cancellation notice for the last six months of that show to be pure Agnes Nixon quality. It took another world a cancellation for them to have the last two months be I okay that show was it, look it was time for another world to go I'm sorry I missed another world but it was time for that show to go <laughs> I would have played like I would have much rather had six more months in another world than Sunset Beach yeah true even though I love Sunset Beach <laughs> I love Sunset Beach too but yeah I would have much rather had six more months of that but, you Beach. know it's just it's gotta stop being okay for this show to be written out to cancellation enough like i'm so sick of it and i love days of our lives i do but enough is enough you know you can't keep supporting a show when they don't support you back yes katie mcclain is rocking the shit out of jennifer horton and yes we get the best generational moments with days of our lives and yes they play upon great history sometimes but if that's the only thing they're giving us then what are we invested for you know you have to give soap fans back something when they invest five hours a week into your show you have to give us something back oh alan any final thoughts on the day's ratings yeah, they need a regime change. I'm oh, sorry, but Ron needs to go. Promote Ryan to head writer and just show Ron the door because it's time. And He's Ryan in. ought to be grabbing his nutsack because Ryan was replaced when that show was at a 1.62. <laughs> well, I, I think, no, I don't, I don't. Mm -mm. Leave Ron right there. Leave him. Mm -mm. He just needs somebody to balance him out. It like you know, Ron's pitching story. Ryan needs Ryan needs to come to be like Ron. We're not gonna do that, girl. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> you're we're gonna do like sure the listeners can see your fucking face. Right <laughs> like now. we're not gonna do that, girl. We're gonna do it like this. That's what he needs. All he needs is that. It, it's pretty much like like a Gene Passante thing. 
I never took Gene Passanante seriously as a hair writer. But when Hogan Sheffer would, would, would set out some shit for world turns, she would be like, Hogan, let me stop you right there. Gene Passanante was the Olivia like Pope this. of these soap operas, and people don't even know it. Gene Passanante saved everybody's asses. Gene saved Ron's. Gene saved Hogan's. I mean, you know, oh, Lord. Gene literally was a fixer. Oh, you had no idea when he got there. But Gene said, okay, it's handled. Okay, you want them bitches aged in a spot? Yeah, I'll make it character-driven. It's handled. And that's my whole thing, and that's what Ryan can do for Ron. Like, the can needs to be like, Ron, let me see the next six months of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ryan, where is this your, your, your job for the weekend. Yeah. Break this shit down. Where is your three hundred character driven and history related to the show? Where's your three hundred page story bible that does not include split personalities, that does not include switched at birth, that does not include rape, and that does not include doppelgangers? Submit your three hundred page story bible. Let's see it. And you know another thing is as well. No, you know what? I I'm tired of talking. <laughs> I'm tired. I am like, yeah. I am like Bill Hayes. I'm just gonna sit in the chair and I'm gonna do my scenes, and that's it. I'm just, I'm tired. <laughs> anyway, Diggs, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? The best eleven nine eight five. And Alan, Mr. Sarapa, the one, the only, the legendary Alan Kelly Lang, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at Alan Sarapa. And you can find me at KCS Hutch, and you can find our show at the chat underscore podcast. Um, sorry, the show didn't end on a more hopeful note, but <laughs> everybody have a good weekend and uh be safe and have a vote. good vote. And, vote. <laughs> and if you want to be proactive this is the time where you flub the shit out of NBC's mentions and emails and tell them you love your days of our lives and you want it to stay it's never too early like I said start mobilizing now Start mobilizing. God damn it. We got a plan to save days. And God damn it, Ken Corday ain't got shit to do with it. We got the plan to save days, god damn it. Because we know what the fuck we talking about and what we doing. Okay. Okay. Well, good night. Bye. Good night. Wear a mask. Wash your ass. Mind your business.